the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar playing all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. I often joke about the fact that I'm Apache Indian, but I'm also an all-around cowboy rodeoing. I'm a cowboy and an Indian. you got to keep all of your options open. It seems like another lifetime ago when I was a young man rodeoing up in West Texas. I won the all-around cowboy trophy there for a number of years up in West Texas in bareback Bronx and bull riding. Interestingly, the second year I won that by riding a bull named Satan. How's that for irony? It was an omen for the rest of my life I was going to be riding those Satan. Anyway, folks, welcome to the Bible Live. We'll get into the broadcast now. And uh, no, we didn't tie He just about, he, she asked me if I tied him up. You're thinking of the wrong event. No, this is bull riding. They tie you up most of the time. <laughs> tie you up and spit you out and stomp on you. That's what they do. We're into the Bible Live. We're going to continue our way through the Gospel of Luke tonight. Picking up in chapter 18, all of these stories, all of these experiences, all of these people, Dr. Luke is emphasizing the humanity. Matthew emphasizes Jesus, king of the Jews, fulfilling the prophecies, becoming the Messiah to the Jewish nation. Then Mark talks about Jesus, the servant, emphasizing his servant attitude and his servant heart. Luke emphasizes his humanity, an interesting perspective. Now, John emphasizes his deity, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. 
we'll catch you up on the Gospel of Luke. We're moving into a series of parables here, and of course, coming toward the end of Jesus' life and ministry as well. Right now, though, let's go finish the sixth chapter of the book of the Proverbs. Proverbs six twenty through 35. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's teaching. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. Wherever you walk, their counsel can lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up in the morning, they will advise you. For these commands and this teaching are a lamp to light the way ahead of you. The correction of discipline is the way to life. These commands and this teaching will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of an adulterous woman. Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coyness seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, and sleeping with another man's wife may cost you your very life. Can a man scoop fire into his lap and not be burned? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So it is with the man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving. But if he is caught, he will be fined seven times as much as he stole, even if it means selling everything in his house to pay it back. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys his own soul. Wounds and constant disgrace are his lot. His shame will never be erased. For the woman's husband will be furious in his jealousy, and he will have no mercy in his day of vengeance. There is no compensation or bribe that will satisfy him. End of reading, Proverbs 6, 20-35. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. That's what you're experiencing each day, and especially in these moments as we gather around the scriptures here on the Bible Live radio program. Right now we're in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are not biographies. They are not intended to be a biography where you just recount the experiences of an individual's life. If you liken this to painting, these are like portraits. These are four individuals Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and of course Mark was a scribe more or less for Peter's remembrances and Peter's perspective. These are a recollection of events, sermons, sayings, miracles, teaching of Jesus to his disciples. They are not necessarily in chronological order because each of the authors have their own perspective, their own portrait, their own impressions and remembrances of Jesus that they're wanting to pass along to you. And they are not just reporters giving some information from a neutral standpoint. They are advocates. They are followers of Jesus the Messiah. They are disciples. They have trusted in him and believed in him. In fact, they're risking their lives and their eternal destiny on who he was. So they are advocates. They are not just neutral observers giving you a comparative religion course. Of course, you have to choose yourself. But they are encouraging you to choose to follow Jesus, the Messiah. It's good for us to know so you don't get caught up too much in the, oh, he doesn't say exactly the same as the other says. They have different perspectives. They have different point of view. And that can happen when you have different witnesses, even of the same event. 
they will have different perspective and an impression coming out of that event. Let's go to the Gospel Luke of Luke. 18, 1 through 2044, Luke 18. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who was a godless man with great contempt for everyone. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly appealing for justice against someone who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she wore him out. I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this evil judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who plead with him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when I, the Son of Man, return, how many will I find who have faith? Then Jesus told this story to some who had great self-confidence and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a dishonest tax collector. The proud Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else especially like that tax collector over there, for I never cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For the proud will be humbled, but the humble will be honored. One day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples told them not to bother him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get into the kingdom of God. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to get eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But as for your question, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not testify falsely, honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was a child. There is still one thing you lack, Jesus said. Sell all you have and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became sad because he was very rich. Jesus watched him go and then said to his disciples, How hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, Then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible from a human perspective is possible with God. Peter said, We have left our homes and followed you. Yes, Jesus replied, And I assure you, everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life as well as receiving eternal life in the world to come. Gathering the twelve disciples around him, Jesus told them, As you know, we are going to Jerusalem, and when we get there, all the predictions of the ancient prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans to be mocked, treated shamefully, and spit upon. They will whip him and kill him, but on the third day he will rise again. 
but they didn't understand a thing he said. Its significance was hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. As they approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowds ahead of Jesus tried to hush the man, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. Then Jesus asked the man, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he pleaded, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, you can see. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. This is the Bible, lie with Soapy Dollar. Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax-collecting business, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus! He said, Quick, come down, for I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have overcharged people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham. And I, the son of man, have come to seek and save those like him who are lost. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten servants and gave them ten pounds of silver to invest for him while he was gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say they did not want him to be their king. When he returned, the king called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what they had done with the money and what their profits were. The first servant reported a tremendous gain, ten times as much as the original amount. "'Well done!' the king exclaimed. "'You are a trustworthy servant.' You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant also reported a good gain, five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You can be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, I hid it and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Hard am I? If you knew so much about me and how tough I am, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank so I could at least get some interest on it? Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who earned the most. But master, they said, that servant has enough already. Yes, the king replied, but to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. And now about these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in my presence. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead, 
Go into that village over there, he told them, and as you enter it, you will see a colt tied there that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, The Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, Why are you untying our colt? And the disciples simply replied, The Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Then the crowd spread out their coats on the road ahead of Jesus. As they reached the place where the road started down from the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Bless the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as they came closer to Jerusalem and Jesus saw the city ahead, he began to cry, I wish that even today you would find the way of peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from you. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you. They will crush you to the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you have rejected the opportunity God offered you. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the merchants from their stalls. He told them, The scriptures declare my temple will be a place of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. After that, he taught daily in the temple. But the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders of the people began planning how to kill him. But they could think of nothing because all the people hung on every word he said. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Luke 20. One day as Jesus was teaching and preaching the good news in the temple, the leading priests and teachers of religious law and other leaders came up to him. They demanded, By whose authority did you drive out the merchants from the temple? Who gave you such authority? Let me ask you a question first, he replied. Did John's baptism come from heaven or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe him. But if we say it was merely human, the people will stone us because they are convinced he was a prophet. Finally, they replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't answer your question either. Now Jesus turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard, leased it out to tenant farmers, and moved to another country to live for several years. At grape-picking time, he sent out one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers attacked the servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant, but the same thing happened. He was beaten up and treated shamefully, and he went away empty-handed. A third man was sent, and the same thing happened. He, too, was wounded and chased away. What will I do, the owner asked himself. I know I'll send my cherished son. Surely they will respect him. But when the farmers saw his son, they said to each other, Here comes the heir to this estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do to those farmers, Jesus asked? I'll tell you, he will come and kill them all and lease the vineyard to others. But God forbid that such a thing should ever happen, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what do the scriptures mean? The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. All who stumble over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. 
When the teachers of religious law and the leading priests heard this story, they wanted to arrest Jesus immediately because they realized he was pointing at them, that they were the farmers in the story. But they were afraid there would be a riot if they arrested him. Watching for their opportunity, the leaders sent secret agents pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor so he would arrest Jesus. They said, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You sincerely teach the ways of God. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? He saw through their trickery and said, Show me a Roman coin, whose picture and title are stamped on it. Caesar's, they replied. Well, then, he said, Give to Caesar what belongs to him, but everything that belongs to God must be given to God. So they failed to trap him in the presence of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer, and they were silenced. This is the Bible, lie, with Soapy Dollar. Then some Sadducees stepped forward, a group of Jews who say there is no resurrection after death. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will be the brother's heir. Well, there were seven brothers. The oldest married and then died without children. His brother married the widow, but he also died. Still, no children. And so it went, one after the other, until each of the seven had married her and died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Marriage is for people here on earth, but that is not the way it will be in the age to come. For those worthy of being raised from the dead won't be married then, and they will never die again. In these respects they are like angels. They are children of God raised up to new life. But now, as to whether the dead will be raised, even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. They are all alive to him. Well said, teacher, remarked some of the teachers of religious law who were standing there. And that ended their questions. No one dared to ask him any more. Then Jesus presented them with a question. Why is it, he asked, that the Messiah is said to be the son of David? For David himself wrote in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Since David called him Lord, how can he be his son at the same time? End of reading Luke 18, 1 through 20, 44. to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. We're reading, of course, in the Gospel of Luke these days on the Bible Live. We will stay in the Gospel of Luke, I guess, into next week. And then we'll finish this beautiful portrait of Jesus the Messiah. Prayer seemed to be one of the major themes. 
We had the persistent widow who just persisted in prayer. Now, the point isn't that God is hard of hearing and God is stubborn and we have to be persistent with him. The point is that this wicked, unjust, unresponsive judge, even he is responsive to persistence. So how much more responsive to us will be our Father in heaven? So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? He will grant justice to them quickly. So there's a contrast going on here. There is a lesson for us to persist, to continue, to seek God's face, to continue to ask, seek, and knock. And then, of course, you jump from that story right into the story of these two who prayed. The Pharisee prays and the tax collector. These tax collectors are representatives of the Roman authority over them. The people of Israel are living under the oppressive dominion of the Roman Empire. There is a certain amount of resentment, even hatred, for the Roman leaders and Roman control over them as a people, particularly these taxes. And so these people who have become agents for the Roman government, they are very much despised and looked down upon. He is the hero of this story. Two men. One is a Pharisee. This is the creme de la creme of the religious elite. And he says, I thank you that I'm not a sinner like everyone else, not like that person over there, that old tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. Clearly, this guy, in the religious sense, he's of the elite. He's up there. But the tax collector now did not even lift his eyes to heaven, clearly broken and humbled. He beat his chest and said, oh, God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner. Now, it's so interesting to see which one went home justified before God. In other words, which one went home saved? Jesus makes it clear that it is the publican, the broken sinner. Over the years, some people have said to me, well, that's not biblical to say a prayer for salvation. Well, right here you have an example of the publican praying a sinner's prayer. Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Then Jesus himself says that he returned home justified before God. In other words, saved. Justified means to be made just as if we'd never sinned. So here we have an example of a prayer. It's not a magic prayer. That's never the idea. But if one wants to cry out to the Lord for salvation and call upon the name of the Lord, that's prayer. So several different lessons there. The rich young man who would not come to God because of his riches. Jesus predicts his death for the third time. He's been telling his disciples, I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be treated shamefully, spit upon, flogged, totally abused and ridiculed. I will be killed, but on the third day I'll rise again. But they didn't understand still. It's interesting that that story is put together with the story of the blind beggar. Here the Pharisees didn't see it. His own disciples didn't see it. And here's a blind man who does see it. That's so interesting because he cries out, Jesus, Son of David. This is a messianic title. This man knew who Jesus was, was trusting in Jesus, and received his physical sight as well. Well, Jackie and I are sitting here just listening to the passage and thinking about all of these beautiful lessons found here in this reading from the Gospel of Luke tonight. And the fact that Jesus knew he had predicted for the third time that he was going to go into Jerusalem, that he was going to be handed over to the Romans, mocked, treated shamefully, spit upon, flogged, and killed. Jesus knew And he intentionally went into the dragon's lair. This was the path. This was the very reason for which he had been born. To give his life as the Redeemer, as the Savior, 
as the atonement lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word.